Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Exodus chapter 3. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. As a pastor, you're always challenged when you hear the weatherman on Saturday declaring the end of the world Sunday morning with snow. And uh, But you folks have braved it and come out, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. I'm, I'm, I'm challenged this morning. I, I have some scriptures I, I want to read with you, and I have a, a feeling. I don't know how else to put it. I have a... I'm from the school of people that believes when you, when you minister, you, you do your best to find the heart of God. And you, you share that with his people. I don't, I don't know so much that he's as interested as you know his thoughts as much as you know his heart. That's just, that's just. And, and this week I'm, I'm challenged because all I have is these 14 scriptures. And, and I have a, a feeling, a thought, a, I would even call it a frustration to share with you that, that he has put on my heart. And you know, us guys, we're not always good at putting our feelings into words. Oh, don't look at me like that, guys. You know what I'm talking about. And, um, and so I'm, I'm really dependent upon, even more than usual, the Holy Spirit just to help us today. Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse number 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock back to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now, everybody say now, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why does the bush, why the bush does not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, 
to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this sign, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Father, we need you today. God, there, there, has, there has never been words that could adequately express your heart. We are, we are limited to our understanding or our vocabulary. So Holy Spirit, I, I'm needing you to do a supernatural work far beyond the ability of my words to affect God, I just declare this truth to be real here today, that your word will never return void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. There's a, a, a frustration, if I can, in, the, in, in my heart that I, I believe is born of the Spirit, and that is that that God has so much more than what you and I are experiencing. How many just have all of God you could get? I mean, it just if God's passing stuff out, you want him just to skip your address because you've got all you can handle. And anybody in here? How many are like me that you, you want more? Now, now, when I say more, I'm not talking about bank account or car. I'm talking about more. How many of you want more? More and and, I, and 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 here here's my here's here's what I is on my heart and I apologize for my 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 halting. I'm just trying to find the right words. I'm I'm trying to take what's in my heart and get it out. And it is a frustration because most everybody in here, you lifted your hands and and we we said we we want more and. Yet it's the heart of God that all of us would have lifted our hands after the first question. Because he said that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. He said, I will pour you out blessings in greater measure than you can handle them. 
what he said. And in him his yes is amen, and his yes is yes, and his no is no, and in him an amen is an amen. And, and, and so there, there, there's a frustration, if you will, because most every one of us in this room, we, we want more of him, and, and that, that's good, but, but why don't we have more of him? And because if that's what we want, and then that's what he wants, it said that if two shall agree as touching on any one thing, it shall be accomplished. And, and if we're in agreement, he said, ask what you will, you'll have it. And, and, and the only disclaimer is found in the book of James, where the Spirit of God instructed James to write that you, you have not because you ask not, and when you do ask, you... You ask wrong because you just simply want to consume it upon your lust. But, but if you're asking and believing and it lines up with his, his will, it ought to happen. And so this week, as I've, I've done my best to you know, try to capture the heart of God, it, it was a, a frustration because I truly believe he wanted us to be able to acknowledge, Pastor, the reality is I'm not sure... I could take any more of God right now. I'm not sure he could be any better to me. Because I want to tell you, if, if, if we're going to show the world out there that our God is good, we ought to be like that, shouldn't we? You see, if we're as depressed as they are, if we're as stressed as they are, if we're as confused as they are, if we're as hopeless as they are, what do we have to offer them? None of us will leave here and go down to the streets of Cleveland and find some homeless guy and ask him, can you help me with my investment portfolio? The guy's broke. And the world needs to see what it's like when people love God and allow him to love them back. Amen? I don't, I don't want J.J. We don't want J.J. coming to church and saying, you guys got any food? My parents aren't feeding me. Can I come to your house? I don't have any clothes. I don't have any place. And yet, when, when, when we walk through life depressed and, and stressed and struggling, that's, that's what we're saying about him. Are you with me? Now, God doesn't want us to fake it. He wants us to really have it. So the question is, what is, what is keeping that from being our right now reality? And I, I think that part of it is captured in this verse. It's captured in this verse because the Bible says that the bush burned, but God did not begin to speak until Moses said, I will now turn aside and see. Until then, it was only a burning bush. But when Moses got in the now, now is when the voice came. And... I think what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us is that, number one, there are some people who 
are not hearing the voice of God in their life because they're not in the now. They're stuck in yesterday. And their life is consumed with what happened last week or last month or ten years ago or when they were a child and and they're stuck there. And I, I, I've known some people, and this isn't in judgment, but I, I've known some people that have had a, a horrible tragedy in their life and and you get to know them and you spend time with them and eventually it seems like every 30 days or every 45 days that tragedy comes up in their conversation. They were in a horrible car wreck and and they this happened and this and they never understood and they and they're to this day they're struggling and they will drive down the road and they'll see a car like they were in or They'll see a car like what hit them, and they, they say, boy, I just, boy, did that bring back a flood of memories? And, and their life is locked in the past. Their, 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 their life is locked in something horrible that happened. Some, some event, some abuse, some, some words. And if you're here this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because those words are rolling over in your head. It's... It happened a long time ago, but you can recall it in detail today. And you may want to put on a face and a facade and tell people it's not affecting me, but in reality, here's how it's affecting you, because God is not a God of yesterday. He's a God of right now. And and, and even Paul said there's... This one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. He never said he got justice. He never said he got delivered or or healed. He, He made a conscious decision. You know what? I'm forgetting that stuff. I, I learned in, 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 in high school running, running track, if you want to slow down, look over your shoulder. You want, to, you want to lose the race? You keep looking over your shoulder to see how you're doing. And yet the enemy is always trying to pull us out of the now. You begin to experience God and the enemy says, but what about when this happened? Does somebody know what I'm talking about? You, 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 you want a, a fresh start, and, but you can't get over how they left you, and they, they seem to be doing fine without you. Why did this? I, I can't get past it because I need to know why that happened. When somebody can explain to me that, I'll move forward. And so the enemy has you tethered to that event. And can, can I tell you that There are things in life you will never understand. If you know everything, that makes you God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not God. Not God. If you know everything, you're God. I know there are people that have written books about how to... Can I tell you, you will never understand everything. 
here's here's my take. Here's my understanding. Here, Here is where I'm at in the journey with God. Here's what I can tell you. Someone who has had God bless him incredibly far beyond what I deserve and and there's there's yet there's there's scars of incredible pain here's what I can tell you everything in my life has happened either because God has allowed it to happen or something else caused it but even those things that were caused by the actions of another or my own failures, God can take that which was meant for my evil and use it for my good and His glory. So when I get that, I don't need an explanation. I I had God tell me this one time, and I've I've never shared this before. And yet it it was profound to me. I like what this dad said. He he told his daughter, he said, you can ask me anything. Here's what God told me. I take it as a personal promise. He said, there will come a day when you can ask me anything and I will explain it to you. I knew in my heart that day was when I get to heaven. He said to me, there's coming a day when you can ask me anything, and I will explain it to you. Until then, I want you to trust me. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. They that come to God must believe that he is, and that he is right now, a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Can I tell you, if the enemy has dragged your focus into your past, if you're still tethered to an event? We had a dog. uh, I don't remember what his name was now. I think it was Sammy. He looked a lot like our dog, Bingo. And and we, we had him tied up in the backyard. And... A dog from the neighborhood just kind of wandered through. It was one of those little... I'm trying to be careful because I I know some of you have dogs like that. It's not really a dog. It's a rat with an attitude. Okay? That's the best way to describe it. But it was a a little dog. Okay? And and Sammy was under the bushes in in the shade. And this little dog came through our backyard and didn't know that was Sammy that was there. And Sammy came running out from underneath the bush, and little dog, you know, he took off scooting. It was kind of cool, you know, like he was trying to do a wheelie. His back was just, and he was trying to scoot as fast as he could away. And and there came a time when Sammy got to the end of his chain and, and got jerked and stopped. And the dog, that little dog stopped, and it, it was hilarious. It's like instantly, Becca, he knew, okay, there's a line, okay? And so that little dog slowly went over, and her dog's just straining, and he, he got over like this. And then <laughs> just lifted his leg and peed right there and turned around and threw grass in him and laid down and rolled and just out of reach because he knew Sammy wasn't going any further. 
And your Heavenly Father is heartbroken. Because when you're tethered to your past, it releases little demons to frustrate you. And you can't go any further. You're, you're, you're stuck. And you're frustrated because you want God to help you. And God is frustrated because God wants to help you. But he is the great I am, not the great I was. Are you getting this? And as long as the enemy keeps you and I looking and feeling and thinking and digesting and rolling over and considering and wondering and pondering and talking about and dreaming about and prophesying about and declaring about and our past, it separates us from the God of the right now. It's now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now. Not a, not a was faith. It's a, a now faith. Faith is, it operates in the right now. It's, it's stuck. It's stuck. It's going to work right now. You, I, I, through the years, we have heard people ask this. Where was God when this happened to me? Where was God when... Her name was Shawnee. She she would come when we were well into the altar or into the worship service, and and she would leave the moment I got done preaching. We go into the altar service, and she did that for several weeks. And so I never got to meet her. Never nobody ever got to talk to her. She came while service was going. She left while service was going. But she would sit over on the left hand side, two thirds of the way to the back. And she was an I know I told this before, but I have to share it again. She was kind of an intimidating woman. She she was of a a Native American, you know, so she had kind of a staunch look about her. And, and she was a big girl, you know, and every bit as tall as I was, or just about as tall and hard. Life had been hard on her. And and, and so she would come and go. And, and, and one, one time while I'm preaching, all of a sudden, I, I'm, you know, just like now my eyes are looking around. I, I look back there, and there she is, and God says, call her up to pray for her. Thankfully, I did it instantly because if I'd have thought about it for a moment, I might have backed out. And I said, young lady, I, I need you to come. And she does one of those. You know, it must be somebody behind me. And I said, no, 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 you. You need to come up front. I need to pray for you. And she come down front and her face took on a stern look as she come. And she stood in front of me and I got nothing, man. <laughs> you know, and, and she goes like this. She puts her arms across her chest and she says, this better be good. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Ron, well, at least we have agreement because I was thinking the same thing to God. God, you, this, this better be good. And I got nothing. I got nothing, you know. I was thinking about it. I'm just going to faint, okay. I'm just going to fake a faint, let somebody else deal with this. And a message in tongues came forth. 
from somebody in the body. And my wife, I think she was standing near me. I don't remember that, that, that detail. But, but God gave my wife the interpretation. And he said to Shawnee, when you were five and you hid in the back of the closet, you stuffed your fingers in your ears to try to block out the sound. And you asked, where's God? God says, I was in the closet with you. And when you were seven, and this happened, and you again asked, where's God? I was the one holding you. And when you were 12, and this happened, and you asked, where's God? I was right there. She's a mess. Nobody in this building even knows her name. You see, what God was saying to her is that he isn't there now. He was there then. And he's here right now. And he knows what happened to you back then, but he's not going back there with you. He's a right now God. And so right there, in front of this room full of strangers, she encountered a right now God and gave her heart to him right then. He touched her and changed her. And he didn't have to go back and explain. To the best of my knowledge, she still has no idea why those events happen in her life. But you know what? When you understand he's right here, right now, You don't need an explanation. You need to just trust him. There are some other people that, that are frustrated with God because they, they know what God can do and they're sure God is going to do it someday. Their God does not live right now their God lives in the future. Boy, well, you watch. One day, my ship's going to come in. One day, we're going to have a great marriage. You watch. One day, I'm going to be healthy. One day, I'm not going to be depressed anymore. I know God is going to heal me. I know that God is going to deliver me. I know that. I know that God loves me, and I know that when he has his way with me, all of these ailments are going to just fade by the wayside. I know that, and until then, I'm standing. Listen, I believe in standing. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, stand. Never sit down. I understand that. But I, I want to tell you something. He is not a God who is waiting until someday. He's a God right now. I can find no place in Scripture when Jesus walked the earth 
that he said to a person, Wilt thou be made whole? Yes. You wait till next Tuesday. Do, do, do you want to be delivered from leprosy? Okay. Give me a few days to work on this. That's a hard one. Every time they encountered him, they walked away instantly changed. Because he's a God of right now. The enemy loves to keep us locked in the past. God, why didn't you? Or in the future. God will someday. We were driving down the road just somewhere just east of Cincinnati and driving a junky old car, but you know you can dream, can't you? And we, we love to go camping and we're driving and we saw this, the most gorgeous motorhome you've ever seen in your life. Up until that, uh, that time, it was one of the most beautiful motorhomes we'd ever seen. And just for the fun of it. It was in front of a, a self-storage place, you know, but it was sitting out front, it had a for sale sign. I pulled in and I said, let's, let's go look at it. And Gail said, well, we can't afford it. I thought, I understand, but it'll be fun just to look at it. Act like we can afford it. You guys do that stuff, don't you? Well, we do. So we, we, we went through it and, oh, it was, in, you know, had slide outs and backup cameras and, you know, robots that give you massage while you drove, stuff like that. It didn't really have that, but it, the one I get will, okay? And, but it was, what, what, what was unique about this was that it was, when we were looking at it, it was nine or ten years old, but it looked like it was brand new. And it only had 3,100 miles on it. And the fellow who is owner of the, self-storage place that's selling it, he tells us a story. This was bought by an elderly couple. For their life, her, while her husband worked a job and worked a job and overtime and always gone and never there, he kept baiting her with this. Listen, one day we're going to retire and buy a motorhome and travel the United States. Just you and me going to be great. You just wait and see. This is going to be incredible. They're putting off. Well, honey, I wish we could take a vacation. Can't. We're saving for our retirement. Can't you and I get away? One day we'll have that time. You can see it. One day. It's going to happen one day. We're, we'll do it one day. And, and the one day finally came and he retired and they bought the motorhome, and um, they lived there in the Cincinnati area, and they took off for Arizona, and they got to Arizona, and he died of a heart attack. She had to pay somebody else to drive it back. And for the last nine years, it's been sitting in storage. The owner of the storage unit says every year she pays me several hundred dollars to pull it out, 
wash it, put new fuel in it, start it, make sure it's okay, and then we just slide it back into storage again. I, I know, I, I, I think I know what was going through her head. That was her life. He said, I've been trying to get her to sell it, but she won't let go of it. He said, you know, she's, she's literally in assisted care. She's never going to drive it. She'll never. He said, but it wasn't until this, this year that she finally said, you can sell it. See, she wouldn't let go because that was her life. She spent her whole life waiting for that, and it never, ever, ever came to pass. That's the danger in living in the future. You see, that is not the day that the Lord has made. Neither is that the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. Right now. Moses said, God, when, 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 I, when I just show up into their lives, you, you know the history we have. You know the history I have with these people. And you know what their future looks like. What am I going to tell them when I said that you sent me? What's your name? He said, tell them I am. Because he knew that in the, the, the lives of the Israelis... There was those in the camp that looked back to the good old days when they were free. And there were those in the camp who looked forward to the day that one day they'll be free. He said, but I, I can't engage those people who think about the good old days. And, and I can't help those people who think that I'm only going to help them someday. They need to know that I am a right now God. I am has sent you. And that's his, his heart for you today. You're here this morning, and you need to be freed from the past. You can, with his help, let go of that. If you're willing to say, God, I don't need an explanation, I don't need vengeance, I need delivered. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord that God is upon me, for he has anointed me too. And he lists things he's, he's here to do. One of those was to set at liberty them that are bruised. We would think that somebody that was bruised would need healed. But Jesus said, no, somebody who's bruised needs set free. You need to let go of that. I have no doubt that God would wrap his arms around you and tell you that that, that that tragic event that happened in your life was not part of his plan. But you have now made it your God. And that he wants to be your God. He wants to set you free from that. You're sitting and waiting and believing that someday, someday I'm going to get healed, someday I'm going to be used by God, someday we're going to have a great marriage. I want to tell you someday will never come. And God will never visit your someday. He's visiting with you right now. This is better than all that none. If you believe that, if I told you the first person to come up here 
and shake my hand gets $10 million. None of you are going to move. Why? Say it out loud, CJ. I don't got 10 million bucks. Right? You ain't going to move. But what if, what if I pull the 20 out of my pocket and I said, the first person up here to shake my hands gets 20 bucks? It shows you my lack of commitment to this message. If I was really committed, I'd have a 20. Okay, really drive home the point. But no, I ain't that committed to it, okay? But if I pulled a 20 out of my pocket and said, the first one up here gets this 20, do you think anybody would come? Would you come? Why would you come? Because you believe I've got the 20. Okay? You see the 20. What if I never take it out of my pocket, but I say to you, I have $20 in my pocket. The first person up here gets the 20. Would you come up? Some of you wouldn't. Many of you still would. Pastor Rice is a man of his word. He says he's got 20. I can reasonably consider that he does have 20 bucks. I'm going to go up and let's just see what happens. Can I tell you that faith is the substance now faith. Right now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you believe God heals, you believe he heals now. If you believe he delivers, you believe he delivers now. If you believe he can free you from depression, he can free you from depression now. If you believe he can give you purpose in your heart, he can give you purpose in your heart now. If you believe he can give you a great marriage, he can give you a great marriage now. Husbands, you've been called as the, the head and the priest of your home. Let me challenge you. If you believe that your marriage can be better than it is now, why don't you do something about that? But there's tension. If you guys are fighting, why don't you diffuse that? Why don't you diffuse that by getting over your pride and you'd be the first one to apologize for the stress in your home. Why don't you just get over yourself and get, get enough of God in you to look your wife in the eye and say, listen, I was wrong to do this, and I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. Can I tell you the most unused secret remedy in life is this. The confession, repentance, the seeking and granting of forgiveness. These are like spiritual Twinkies, man. They always taste great. Confess. If you have a hard time saying you're wrong, then first pray about your pride issue and then go ahead and say you're wrong. Amen? Confess. Don't blame her. Don't blame your dad. Don't blame the weather. Don't blame your boss. You come home at the end of the day grumpy and, and making the home atmosphere uncomfortable. Don't blame your job. It's your issue. Confess it. 
Look your wife in the eye and say, I'm sorry I come home and I yell like that. You deserve better than that. It's my fault that I'm doing that. And I, I want you to know that I'm sorry for that. I'm going to endeavor to do the very best I can not to treat you that way because I know it makes you feel awful. Would you forgive me? If you believe that God can give you a bear to marriage, start acting on it today. Wife, that's a great spot for you to say, you know what, I need to confess a few things myself. Y'all are quiet on me, but this is good stuff. And you do that today. Even salvation is today. Today is the day of salvation. Not, not tomorrow, not yesterday. Right now, right now, today. Can I tell you that you, if you don't engage God in the right now, you will never engage God. He's not the God of yesterday and He's not the God of tomorrow. He's the God of right now. Because you see, and then I'm, I'm done I think, because, you see, if, if I make him the God of today, guess what? When tomorrow comes, he was the God of yesterday. He is the God of today. And I start to have faith that he'll be my God tomorrow. And then when tomorrow comes, I so believe he's the God of today that I act like he's the God of today and not spend my whole life looking back to or looking forward to this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Would you stand to your feet? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.